Welcome to Dwell in the Word from First Reformed Church in Edgerton, Minnesota. Bible readings and devotional commentary to help you grow in faith by dwelling in God's Holy Word. This is Dwell in the Word for March 20th. Seeing's March 20th is a Monday. We are in lifting up our hearts for our opening prayer today. Let us pray. Grant Almighty God, that as you have not only testified what is right by the law and the prophets, in order that we may form our life in obedience to your will, but have also made more fully known to us by your gospel what is perfect righteousness, grant that being ruled by your Spirit, we may surrender ourselves to you, and so acquiesce in your word alone, that we may not deviate either to the right hand or to the left, but allow you alone to be wise, and that acknowledging our folly and vanity, we may suffer ourselves to be taught by your word so that we may really prove that we are truly obedient to you until, having at length completed the course of this life, we shall reach that heavenly rest that has been obtained for us by the blood of your only begotten Son. Amen. Okay, we are finishing up chapter 57 of Isaiah today. That has us looking at verses 14 through verse 21. Hear the word of the Lord. And it shall be said, Build up, build up, prepare the way, remove every obstruction from my people's way. For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place, and also with him who is of contrite and low spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly, and to revive the heart of the contrite. For I will not contend forever, nor will I always be angry. For the spirit would grow faint before me, and the breath of life that I made." Because of the iniquity of his unjust gain, I was angry. I struck him. I hid my face and was angry. But he went on backsliding in the way of his own heart. I have seen his ways, but I will heal him. I will lead him and restore comfort to him and his mourners, creating the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to the far and to the near, says the Lord, and I will heal him. But the wicked are like the tossing sea, for it cannot be quiet. And its waters toss up mire and dirt. There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. As we come to this passage today, finishing up chapter 57, we're getting this contrast from what we saw at the end of last week, right? This this punishment that was coming, this, this concern about the idolatry that the people of God were involved in, that God was saying, this is bad. You're involved in this idolatry. You're going to these high places and worshiping there and and involving yourself in these practices there. There There is punishment for that. That is not good. But now what do we see? We see, as the heading here is in the ESV, comfort for the contrite, right? The idea here is that... If you have done these things, there is repentance, there is forgiveness. Uh, You need to have a heart that is contrite. You need to desire to be forgiven. You need to acknowledge your sinfulness and not be built up with your haughtiness and your idolatry. Instead, you need to come back to God. And so, What do we see here? We see Isaiah speaking. He says, For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. 
Notice the contrast here. The people would go to high places, but God is high. God is holy. He is above all of that. He inhabits eternity. He is the one who is actually lifted up. He is the one who is actually worthy of praise, not these idols, not these pagan gods. He is worthy of this. Listen to him. He is the one who speaks this truth. And notice, what does he say? I dwell in the high and holy place, the one that is above this. They had high places on top of the hills, but that's nothing compared to the places that God inhabits, right? He dwells in the high and the holy place, and also with him who is of contrite and lowly spirit. And so God is high above all else, but he is with those, he dwells with those who have low spirits, those who have contrite hearts. Why? Because he is going to revive them. The one who is above all things can bring high the ones who are low. That is who God builds up. That is who he revives. And notice that language here. Revives the spirit, revives the heart. God is bringing them to life. These other things are filled with death. But God is bringing life to those who seek him in repentance. And notice, there's a familiar passage here, verse 16, For I will not contend forever, nor will I always be angry. God deserves to be angry for their idolatry, right? He, he has every right to be. They have rejected him. They have rejected his law. They are in rebellion against him. But God says, I'm not going to be angry forever. I have every right to be, but I'm not going to be. And so what does he say? Well, I did punish because of the iniquity of his unjust gain. I was angry. I struck him. I hid my face. I was angry. But he went on backsliding in the way of his own heart. Notice here, there wasn't repentance. There wasn't this uh, returning to God. There wasn't what he seeks. God says, I'm not going to be angry forever, but you need to come to me. You need to turn away from your backsliding. You need to come to the one who can truly help you. And so what have we seen? that God says that he will heal his people. He will lead them. He will restore comfort to them. He'll create what they need. He will bring peace. And that's the word that God speaks. God speaks peace. It says to the far and to the near, he says that he will heal. He's the one who's going to do this work. They simply need to have contrite hearts. They need to return to him. They need to acknowledge their sinfulness. But then at the end of this passage, it doesn't feel like there is an assurance of anything here because God is saying, I'm going to do this. You can be assured of that. But we know the heart of the wicked, right? God is saying there's going to be peace. But will the people return? Will the people of God come back to him? We see in verse 20 and 21, but the wicked are like the tossing sea. There is no peace, right? The, the sea tossing uh, is, is, is restless, for it cannot be quiet. As waters toss up mire and dirt, everything gets messed up. And then this verse 21, it, it's hard to read. There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. If you are not repentant, if you are not contrite in heart, you will not receive this peace that God is declaring. And we see this here, this this contrast. God brings peace, but the people don't want it. They want idolatry. They want their own way. And so this is a word not only for the people back in the day, back when this was being proclaimed to the people of God. 
It's a word for us too. God has peace for us. He has brought us peace in Christ. And the spirit working in us will not give us peace if we are not repentant of our sin, right? We we hold on to things and, and we feel that lack of peace. But repentance grants us peace. Seeking God in forgiveness grants us peace. And we see here there is no peace says my God, for the wicked. If we do not turn, if we are not contrite over our sins, we're going to feel this conviction of our sins. And and that's actually a very good thing, right? Because we know that's the work of the Holy Spirit in us. If we're not convicted of our sin, if we're not if we're not turning, uh, if, we're, if we're not feeling bad about it and desiring to turn away from it in some way, then that means that the Spirit isn't at work in us. But because we lack peace when we are struggling with sin. That is a sign that God is working in us. The Holy Spirit is working through the word in us. So may we hear this word today. Peace, peace to the far and to the near, because God says that he will heal us. So may we be convicted of our sins today. And may we desire that peace. peace. May we have contrite hearts. May we have hearts of repentance that we might feel that peace that we have in Christ, because we know that we have forgiveness of our sins. Let us close up with a word of prayer. Merciful God, you are high and lifted up. You inhabit eternity and your name is holy. Through your word and spirit today, we pray that you would bless us with contrite and lowly spirits, that we might be revived by the truth of your gospel. Grant us the joy of the forgiveness that we have in Christ, that we might turn from our sin today and rest in the peace that we have in you. Today, we lift up our prayers to you for the churches in our community. We pray for the pastors that serve the congregations. Grant them strength, discernment, and wisdom, and we ask that you would build them up as they faithfully proclaim your word. Each congregation here is unique and has special ministries, and we pray that you would bless those who serve their congregations and serve our community to the glory of your holy name. For we rejoice that when the gospel is rightly preached and the truth of Christ crucified is proclaimed, we know that your word is going forth. And so we pray that that word would go out and that your Holy Spirit would use it to bring people to faith and to build believers up in faith, that your glory might spread throughout the whole earth. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. All right, we are through Isaiah chapter 57. On Wednesday, we'll pick up with Isaiah 58. We will see you then. Thank you for joining us for Dwell in the Word. To learn more about First Reformed Church, head on over to our Facebook page or website, edgertonfrc.org. 